to Shopaholics Japan, where we chat about life in Japan and the amazing Japanese products we can't live without. I'm Grant. I'm Cheska. And I'm Kai. And we are your hosts for this week. This podcast is powered by World Shopping, which makes online shopping on Japanese stores easy. Today's episode is dedicated to the listeners out there with a sweet tooth as we're chatting about Japanese snacks. Snacks we find in convenience stores, cafes, shops. We're going to dive into all of it. So I think when it comes to Japanese snacks, there's really two kind of categories. There's traditional snacks and there's modern snacks, such as things you can buy at the convenience store. I want to get into the traditional snacks first. Things like taiyaki, things like manju, things like daifuku. These are items you really can't buy overseas. Maybe if you go to like an Asian market, they might have it. But a lot of these things are only in Japan. Especially when I think of traditional Japanese snacks, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is taiyaki. Cheska, can you explain、yes. what is taiyaki? So it's basically there's these red beans in Japan called、mm. azuki, but they're pretty sweet, actually. And、yes. so they get mashed into a paste. And then if you imagine like a waffle iron in the shape of a fish, <laughs> yes. And then you put the batter in, but then you put in a A dollop of the red bean paste and then put more batter so it's enclosed in the batter and then wait for the taiyaki quote unquote waffle iron to do、mm. its thing. And that's what it is. And it's delicious. Yeah. It's not something that you would expect to be good because it is like bread stuffed with beans, but it, it is like a <laughs>、yeah. great snack, especially if it's like 3 p.m. and you've had lunch, but it's not quite dinner and you want something a bit filling. But it still has texture. I think taiyaki、mm-hmm. is like the perfect item. Kai, are you a taiyaki fan? Oh, absolutely. I really like the custard ones. Oh, yes. The traditional, I guess, one is the one with the red bean paste, but they do have ones with like other fillings, like you just said. Yeah. There's even like a matcha custard I've seen before and a bunch of、oh, different flavors. It's hard to mess with the recipe, but what people do is that they mess with the shape. Of course, it's the traditional.、Mm-hmm. It's called taiyaki because the fish is a tai, which is red snapper. And I was kind of wondering, like, why is it this fish shape? And I looked it up, and like in the 1800s, somebody in Osaka、oh. just thought, okay, well, this is like a lucky symbol, and I'll just make it into this shape. And then everyone just stole his idea because、oh. it was that popular. If you go to Takao-san in Tokyo,、uh, that place is famous for Tengu, like a mythological raven,、yeah. human kind of figure, like a yokai. Yeah. And so they have taiyaki, but it's like in the shape of a tengu's head. And it's called tengu yaki.、Okay. And the taste、yeah. pretty much the same as like every taiyaki you've ever eaten, but、yeah. the shape is different. So that's why there's like a big line every time you go past there. Yeah.、Uh, And you'll see like、uh, collaborations too with like, like a Doraemon head shaped taiyaki or like a Hello Kitty one or whatever. Yes. I've had a, a Magikarp taiyaki, which is really appropriate. <laughs> that's appropriate. Yeah. And some other traditional Japanese snacks I kind of want to get into. There's, of course, dango, which is mochi. You've probably、mm-hmm. seen the stick, and then it has、like、the three ball shaped mochi. Are you guys big dango fans? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I prefer the kind of the, the sweet and savory one with the shoyu sauce on it. Ah,、uh, yes, I, yes. I, I forgot what that's、mm-hmm. called, but it's a, I think it's like grilled or something. So there's a bit of a smokiness to it. Yeah, I like. It's, it's cool because you can either get like the sweet slash savory one or just like sweet, like maybe like a matcha flavored one、mm. with that red bean paste kind of just 
resting on top. You don't have to be careful about it. It's very messy to eat, but... Yeah, it's not my favorite, but they do have some interesting flavors, and you can mix it, like Kai said. It can be both sweet and kind of savory at the same time. So there's like a lot of different choices when it comes to dango. I think the last one I really want to get into in terms of traditional Japanese snacks is higashi. Are any of you familiar with higashi? I'm not sure. It literally I feel translates. Like I probably have seen it, but mm. didn't know that's what it was called. You guys have definitely seen it. It literally translates to like dry candy. Think of it like almost like sh- powdered sugar, but they're made into these different shapes, uh, especially in terms of very traditional Japanese objects. There might be one in the shape of a rabbit, or there might be one in the shape of a tie that we mentioned earlier. And this is oh, not something okay. that you can buy. I have buy. seen those, but I don't think I've ever eaten them. Yeah, it's not something you can buy from the convenience store because mm-hmm. a lot of it is you can only eat it at traditional Japanese cafes or if you do tea ceremony because they're so mm. associated with matcha. So you have okay. matcha and then you have the higashi together. Is it, it's like the, is it the, re, is the really colorful ones that come in kind of ornate yes. uh, shapes and design? Ah, yeah, okay, okay. Yes, I don't they're really colorful about. and like the shapes are so like really detailed. It looks like they're kind of like carved almost. And if you go to like a traditional Japanese like souvenir shop or like a snack shop, uh-huh. they might have this, but it's not something that you're going to find at like 7-Eleven. So it is a bit unique in that mm. aspect. Yeah, I think they're, they sell it at my local supermarket for around, I forgot what the holiday was. It's a very seasonal thing, but like once a year, they'll yeah. have the pre-made packages of it. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, not really- actually the biggest fan of how they taste, but I love looking at them. Yeah, it really just tastes kind of like sugar. It doesn't really have like a whole lot of variety. <laughs> You're really there for the appearance and it does go good with matcha. You have the bitterness of the matcha and you also have the sweetness mm-hmm. of the higashi. And I used to study a Japanese tea ceremony. And so a big part of it is, oh, what higashi are you going to put out? Because you have to think oh, about the like season. Caring. Yes, you think about like the theme of like what your ceremony is. So that's a good way to kind of convey a feeling, which is, you know, not something mm-hmm. handy normally does. So yeah. we've talked about traditional food. So let's get into like the more modern types of oh, snacks. Oh, wait, you forgot to mention one of my favorites, the s- strawberry daifuku. Oh, yes. Listeners, if you don't know, it's really mochi and then, yeah, things stuffed inside of it. I think traditionally mm-hmm. it could be the azuki or like the red bean. Yeah. But you can really shove anything in there. Strawberries. I've had mikan, which is like an orange. So it's it's quite big, actually. I can imagine it being pretty tasty. Yeah. And a lot of pretty much any fruit, if you can shove in there, you can have it. And daifuku, you can actually find it at a convenience store, unlike, say, taiyaki or higashi, Mm -hmm. because it is quite easy to make. And this is also something I often get at a convenience store when I just need some calories in my body. Mm -hmm. And you can buy a very normal daifuku for 100 yen at a convenience store and just wharf it down pretty quickly. So yeah, daifuku is definitely another great traditional Japanese snack. Have you tried the McDonald's strawberry daifuku pie? It's basically the McDonald's apple pie, but instead of apple pie filling, they shoved a strawberry daifuku in there. So it still has the mochi texture? Well, the outside is a regular batter, but they have like strips of mochi, in strawberry mochi in there with like azuki paste. It's uh. about as good as you think it is. It's... It's not bad, okay, yeah. but I was like, mm-hmm. kind of felt like less than the sum of its parts. It's felt tasted worse <laughs> than a regular apple pie, but also not nearly as good as a, an actual daifuku. But yeah. it was interesting. Felt, it was novel. 
I feel like a part of the appeal of Daifuku is the simplicity. You can just grab it with one hand. If you put it in a pie, you think about crumbs and all this other stuff. I think that that kind of complicates the Daifuku experience. Yeah. And I know like mixing like a Western type of snacks or whatever in Japanese, there's a lot of different things that work really well. But I think this might be an instance where the combination is not so good. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of felt like the textures were fighting against each other rather than working together. So we've been talking about traditional snacks, and I did mention the convenience store earlier. But I think for all of us, when we buy a Japanese snack, it's probably at the convenience store because this is like the one-stop shop for everything in Japan. Yeah. So I want to hear your guys' experience with what kind of things do you buy when you go to the convenience store in terms of snacks? I think that really depends on... The time of the year, because this, the kombini mm. ha- does have um, kind of a seasonal selection Yes, that yeah. rotates in and out depending on the, what time of year it is. And then they also have a lot of uh, specialty flavors. I don't know if this counts as a snack. I treat it like a snack, but like even instant noodles. Like there's so many times I'll find a cup yeah. noodle flavor that you only find at the kombini. I know my personal favorite thing to get is little mini eclairs at Lawson. It's not a very Japanese snack, but it's 300 yen for like seven of them. And they're way better than (laughs) what any convenience store Eclair has any business being. (laughs) Well, okay. Tell me if you think I'm off on this, but I feel like of the three main convenience stores, 7-Eleven, Family Mart, and Lawson, Lawson has got it down for like dessert and like snack like that sort of yeah thing. absolutely I think the best 7-eleven desserts. has the best like food type things and then family mart's kind of just in between i don't know what hmm. do you guys think of it lawson is famous for their desserts i was actually watching like, a tv show and it was a contest held by lawson where these chefs like are pitching a dessert idea to lawson and then oh, if wow. they win their dessert will be sold in lawson so it's like that <laughs> serious so cool. where they're having like gourmet chefs or pastry chefs trying to get their product into Lawson. I would say Family Mart, they're most famous for Famichiki, the uh, oh, the famichiki, uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a ton of flavors that are based on the season. We just got out of Sakura season. So there's Sakura Daifuku that we talked about earlier. And I'm sure there were, I guess we should get into this now. There were Sakura Kit Kats. So one ah, thing that is really Kit- hugely appealing to a lot of people are the Japanese Kit Kat flavors. And the reason for this is that the KitKat company is not technically handling the Japanese side of it. it they licensed out the KitKat name to some Japanese oh, okay, company. Okay. And that Japanese company is using the KitKat name and I guess, I don't know, recipe to sell KitKats uh-huh. in Japan. But because it's not being handled by the actual KitKat company, they're kind of free to do kind of whatever they want, I guess. Or they have their own resources to mm-hmm. like do all these crazy flavors. So, and this is something that a ton of people come over to Japan and they're like, I got to buy these Kit Kats. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you go to the convenience store, they have quite a lot of them. Well, they typically only have about like, this is this week's flavor or this month's flavor of Kit Kat is like mm-hmm. such and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had, I've written down like a couple of more interesting ones. I think right now they have caramel pudding, which is actually quite good. I had it earlier. I've seen popcorn. I've seen sake. I've seen like maybe yeah, four different types of matcha. I've seen melon. What are some other Kit Kat flavors that you guys have come across? Over the winter, I saw an kind of like an orange, maybe like orange peel and dark chocolate kind of version of Kit Kat. Mm. That was pretty good. Mm. 
What about you, Kai? Do any stand out in your memory? Mm, I know the various flavors of matcha get a lot of attention out west, but one that I really like is the hojicha flavor. Oh, yes. mm. I'm not sure how I to describe it. I have no idea it. how to explain what that tastes like. <laughs> it's also like something that I didn't drink until I came to Japan. So it's hard to explain, yeah. but it's a bit more bitter or smoky, I would say. Yeah, there's there's to- a caramelly yeah. flavor. Yeah, I think smoky is kind of fitting, yeah. But there's actually an even smokier tea called Aicha. So it's like in the smoky tea, (laughs) it's like number two. So I wonder if there has been like a Baicha Kit Kat flavor. I'm sure there has been. I haven't seen it though. The Kit Kat company or the company who runs the Kit Kat part of Japan, they're so smart in terms of marketing. Some other snacks that you can find at Japanese convenience stores, some are definitely only things you can find in Japan like seaweed, different seaweed flavored things. That's my, mm-hmm. that's the go-to for my wife. She really likes to just chow down on seaweed. Also like senbei, I'm not a senbei fan at all. So Kai, I want to hear your senbei love. What is the appeal of senbei to you? And okay. also what is senbei? So senbei is, uh, they're rice crackers. I'll be honest, they're pretty bland. They're dry powdery rice crackers. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to the size. Traditionally, they're quite large. They're three inches in diameter. So to me, that's too big. It's inconvenient to eat. You take one bite, it starts falling apart, makes a mess. There's crumbs yeah, exactly. everywhere. I'm not a big fan of that. But they, they also have miniature ones that you can pop in in one bite. And so they have kare sen, which basically traditional snacks at this point. Mm. But it's a curry-flavored yeah, senbei. Yeah. It has an earthiness to it. It has spices. It has a cumin flavor. And then there's the onigiri senbei, which is triangular instead of normal circle. They have mm. a bit of a shoyu flavor to it. I know I like it because it's it has the same appeal of snacking on potato chips, but without the greasiness of it all. Yeah, yeah. and it's probably healthier, I would have to assume, than potato chips. I have a friend back in America who is really like senbe. So whenever I'm like sending something back home, I try to make sure I get her some senbe. And there was this shop I can't remember the name in Asakusa that was selling senbe, and they had these adorable little cat head shaped ones, and but they had like. The shape was the cat head, but then, like Kai was saying, they had like multiple different like variety flavors. Since it was a gift, I didn't open it and taste all of them. But <laughs> I like they had some like samples at the place, and uh, hmm. I think I had like a a soy sauce one, and yeah, it's really good for a, like a light snack. Yeah, it's a common gift. You will often find souvenir shops that is only selling senbei, which to me is a little crazy because I have. <laughs> pretty limited interest in senbei it has to be something on it like maybe dipped in chocolate or whatever to appeal to me <laughs> but it is amazing to see these huge storefronts that just sell senbei but it is a popular souvenir gift and it's portable and i guess kind of healthy and traditional it's something that you really can only find in japan so i do see the mm-hmm. appeal but yeah it's not my to- it's not my favorite but when i went to osaka i went to the stall and it had takoyaki senbei and so it has these two senbei huh. uh, rice crackers. And these things were about the size of a pizza each. And then oh inside gosh. of it has like takoyaki. So it's like really crazy to eat because it's like you're eating a almost a sandwich, a takoyaki sandwich, but the bread is this very frail rice cracker. So of course it like crumbles and everything. But it's a really popular item over there. But it's huh. kind of hard to eat. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. imagine. What's something that you guys have eaten recently in terms of snacks? I mean, 
it's recent, but it's also always because it's one of my go-to snacks. They're called puritsu, but it's spelled P-R-E-T-Z, and oh, I yes. cannot look at it without just thinking pretz because it looks like course, the yeah. word pretzel. But <laughs> for, for some reason, it's not pronounced that way. But anyway, mm. they're if you know what pocky is, listeners, like pocky is like the little cookie sticks dipped in chocolate. Mm. Well. Pretz, and I apologize to the company that makes Puritsu, but I'm just going to keep calling them Pretz because <laughs> that's how my mind works. Yes. Wait, that's how they're they spell almost this, so that's like, bad. <laughs> Yeah. They're almost like little teeny tiny breadsticks, almost. Hmm. And they have a ton of different flavors. Like, is the, origin- is the salad flavor the original one? That's the one I've seen I'm the most sure. often. Yeah, I think it's the most, yeah. I think so. It's the most common for sure. I'm not quite sure why exactly it's called salad flavor because it's not like it tastes like vegetables. Maybe like salad dressing, I guess. Or I guess flavor. you could it's put like it in salad. Well, but they it. have a tomato version too. So <laughs> I don't know, but they are amazing. And funny story, I often like send snacks in with presents home to my family. And I sent some pretz one year and my niece and nephews apparently are 100% obsessed with them now to the point that my mom has to ration giving them out so that they'll last until I send her more because otherwise they will be so depressed if there just aren't any. That's awesome. They're delicious. (laughs) Yeah. For me recently, I... If there's any sort of local flavored item that appears in 7-Eleven, I'll just nab it instantly. Like recently, they've had uh, shiwakusa flavored potato chips. Uh, shiwakusa is like a melon or a fruit that's really famous in Okinawa. So this is something that you could typically only buy in Okinawa. But every now and then, they'll kind of send it nationwide. And so I picked up that recently. And pretty much you anything... potato chip? Yeah, it, but it tastes like the like the fruit. So it has like a citrusy flavor. Yeah, it's like a citrusy flavored potato chip. I can't even like imagine that. It's quite good. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. I mean, we have the lime flavored potato chips in the States. It's kind of like that, but it's more like closer to a calamansi in flavor than a Uh, lime. Well, I never never eat those because they're usually like lime jalapeno and spicy and I can't do spicy. (laughs) Yeah, for me, if you just have like another Japanese city or prefecture name in your food, I'll probably buy it just to taste it. Like there's also like the Hokkaido corn potato chips. I, I don't know what's special about Hokkaido corn, but if it's got like Hokkaido in the name, I might as well try it because it does yeah. feel like you're traveling a little bit. It's like, oh, I've got something from Okinawa, something from Hokkaido, something from Tokyo, mm-hmm. all at the convenience store. So you can have a like a nationwide tour just going to 7-Eleven. A taste tour. And... No, I feel that. I, I, I do the same. If there's a regional variant, I'm going to try it. Hmm. Like, I'm a big fan of the Kyushu shoyu flavored ones. Yes. So, like, I kind of wonder, are, like, 7-Elevens or convenience stores a bit different in Kyushu compared to Tokyo? Is there something that's always in, like, Kyushu 7-Elevens that's not in Tokyo 7-Elevens? Ooh, so so the hard part is I've not spent enough time in Tokyo 7-Elevens to really know what's not there. Mm. But at the same time, we'll have a few Kyushu staples, like, Mentaiko is always available at every convenience store I've been to oh, in cool. Fukuoka. But hmm. I, I don't. Maybe that's also available in Tokyo. But like just Mentaiko by itself, like not yeah, in in a pack in a little package with like three tiny little servings. Mentaiko. I don't uh, think menta- I've never seen that. 
here. Yeah. It's but I'm not a sure. Spicy cod roe, but Oka is really famous for it. It's one of mm. our meibutsu, mm-hmm. our famous specialties. Do you think there's like a tonkatsu ramen flavored Kit Kat that's only sold in Kyushu? <laughs> no, I did have yet to see a tonkatsu ramen flavored Kit Kat. Maybe it was a limited edition thing and you just missed your chance. Yeah. Ah, it might, might have been. <laughs> don't, don't get around to it eventually, for sure. Oh, yeah. Grandson, what like, about you? you? The seasonal stuff, but is there something at the convenience stores that you always periodically be grabbing it? Like I mentioned before, the Daifuku, that's a really great go-to where it's like, I need to eat something. I need mm. some calories in my body. And I'll just grab this sugary mochi. Mm. Since it has beans in it, I feel like, oh, it's kind of healthy because it has natural <laughs> ingredients. Yeah, uh, yeah, compared totally. to something that's mm-hmm. just chocolate, but I haven't really counted the calories for that yet. Um, no, you don't, don't, don't worry about it. There's <laughs> beans. That's a vegetable, but probably, yeah. maybe. I am a sweet tooth. So, of course, every time I go there, I definitely check the chocolate aisle to see what else is new. Japan is not really famous for chocolate specifically, uh, but mm-hmm. it is. they're good at like putting different stuff into the chocolate. Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of different flavor, like hoji chocolate or matcha chocolate or some sort of variation on that. Recently, a really popular flavor for a lot of Japanese snacks has been pistachio. So have you guys uh, seen like pistachio-flavored stuff in Japan recently? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Although I've yet to see any decent pistachio-flavored ice cream. Oh, no. Yeah, I got a pistachio ice cream thing, and it was not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened or like why this suddenly became popular in Japan. I guess like all the companies got together and, and thought, let's try this and see if people will buy it. <laughs> But there's a ton of pistachio-flavored stuff recently. Me, because I love matcha, so every time I see some green, I think, oh, that's matcha. Oh. <laughs> then sometimes, oh, it's actually pistachio. That's <laughs> been kind of disappointing me recently. If you live in Tokyo, there's a ton of Japanese traditional cafes. And so I want to shout out some. Two that I really love in Tokyo, one of my favorite places to go in Tokyo, period, is called Suruya Yoshinobu, which is in Ginza. And this is a traditional Japanese snack cafe. And so they sell like wagashi. Wagashi is like Japanese Japanese candy oh. is what it literally translates to. But wagashi can kind of be anything, right? Like I guess taiyaki could also be wagashi or daifuku is maybe also wagashi. Hmm. But they have these like kind of different variations of wagashi where it's mostly made out of like red bean and they have all these different mm-hmm. shapes. And so what's special about Suruya Yoshinobu is that they will make the wagashi in front of you. Uh, oh. So there's like a counter section. And at the counter section, they would make the sweets in front of you. And all of it is made mostly out of the red bean or even the white bean, the shiro-an, mm. as it's called in Japanese. And mm-hmm. typically per season, there's like four items that you can pick from. And they're all like shaped like in this very beautiful and amazing like Japanese aesthetic. It would be shaped mm-hmm. like a lotus flower or it will be shaped like, I don't know, like a bamboo uh, sakura. shoot. Yeah, or sakura <laughs> or something like that. And so you can sit down and you can order it and you can see them make it right in front of you. And then you can eventually eat the creation. And what's That's awesome cool. about this place, this is? it's in Ginza. Ginza. I think the original shop is in Kyoto, but there is like a Tokyo branch. Mm-hmm. And what's awesome about this place is that the way they make it is not what you would expect. It's not like they're using a, a lot of modern tools. They're using a lot of wooden traditional tools and things you would mm. suspect. They use a basket weave to make a pattern and they use wooden toothpick to kind of carve the out oh. different parts of it. So it's a really it's similar to like tools that you would use in clay or whatever. Yeah, it kind of has that feeling. Cool. Uh, 
So that's like my one of my most recommended places to go in Tokyo, period, whether you like snacks or not. And there's also Oiwake Dango in Shinjuku. And this is like a traditional dango shop. And there's always a huge line outside of it. And their dango flavors are really wild. They have like honey and lemon and they like kiwi flavored dango. And they put like a lot of stuff on the dango. So it can be kind of hard to eat because it's a precocious balancing act because it's going to fall off if you don't like hold it correctly or eat it quickly. But it's really cool to see. Oh, Shinjuku is famous for like shopping and partying and all these modern huge department stores. But oh, actually, Mm -hmm. there's this really famous dango shop kind of hidden in between everything. Well, it kind of ties into like you see it everywhere, like the really cool melding of modern and traditional that you can just see all over Japan. Hmm. So if somebody is coming to Japan for the first time, what is a snack that you would recommend they try? My recommendation is to try warabi mochi. It's a bracken starch mochi, though I think nowadays they use potato starch because it's cheaper. It's not a traditional mochi in the sense that it's not made from rice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a sweet, starchy, very light sort of dessert. And it's traditionally served with kinako, which is a soybean powder. But it, it tastes just like peanut butter. And yeah. some kuromitsu, which is basically, I want to say molasses. It's not super unique, not in, in the sense that there's no weird or exotic flavors to it, but it's, it has some earthiness, some sweetness. There's a bit of lightness to it. And it's, you can find it pretty much any supermarket. It's distinctly Japan without being too... It's very approachable. It's not, the, it's not like natto mm-hmm. or something where there's a funky or unusual flavor that you might have to acclimate to. So mm. that would be my mm-hmm. recommendation. I didn't mention it earlier. Another one of my really favorite snacks that I would recommend anyone to, to try is age manju, hmm. which is a fried red bean paste bun. They're best fresh, obviously, because it's a fried thing, mm-hmm. but they still also taste delicious, even if they've been sitting for a little. Yeah, we really didn't get into manju a whole lot, but that is like another common traditional Japanese snack. Japan is really mastered just shoving red bean into different things that you can carry around. And if you are not in Japan, you're probably thinking, well, how can I get some snacks? There are some online shops that do sell Japanese snacks, both traditional, modern, and also some things that you could really only kind of find online. Some shops I wanted to kind of highlight. One is called Good Nature Station. And this is a pastry shop and focus a lot on Western pastries, but with like a Japanese kind of style to it. Another thing we really didn't touch on is dagashi which is like this very old style candy, typically from the Showa era of the mid 1900s or like the 20th century. And this is what people ate when they were kids. You only have 10 yen in your pocket, but a lot of people are really nostalgic for this type of candy. If you want like the really traditional, the traditional in like a different way, not like 1800s traditional, but like 1960s traditional. Uedagashi is like a really cool online shop where you can buy that kind of stuff. And of course, there's a lot of gimmick food. Kaiun Manekineko. I think you can probably guess what kind of things they sell. They sell cat-related snacks. So they sell bread shaped in like a cat's paw. I think they sell manju that's shaped like a cat. Really, if you make something in the shape of a cat, you'll probably become a millionaire pretty pretty quickly in Japan. <laughs> there's like a lot of different varieties in terms of the Japanese snacks, and there's so many different variations. If you're in Japan, you can go to a convenience store or find a unique cafe. Or if you're not in Japan, you can just shop online and buy cat paw shaped snacks or buy a bunch of old sugary candy from the 1960s 
or even a lot of stuff we talked about today, uh, you could probably find online if you search hard enough. And that's it for this week's episode. If you're curious about these shops or there's a store in Japan you like, you can buy anything from Japan with World Shopping. You'll see the World Shopping banner appear on hundreds of Japanese sites, allowing you to instantly buy anything from participating shops, including many of these snack shops we talked about today. You'll find the links to those in the podcast description. And we can also buy items from any shop in Japan. Search World Shopping Global for more information and start shopping today. You can find us on social media as well. Just search for World Shopping on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. See you later or in Japanese, Matane. Matane. Ciao,